Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 7th and oh, September 6th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, not used to saying the exact date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the night before and I just add one. Not, not real sharp over here. Uh, a little worse for the wear after a big fantasy draft last night. Um, what is it? Fantasy golf draft? Champions Tour, <laughs> Chase for the home stretch Schwab Cup Challenge draft. Um, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You know this. Uh, hey, last night was it was a culmination of like you know when your little brother finally you know they beat you in ping pong and and you feel kind of good about it or a little cousin you know and and, and they yeah. feel so good and deep down you're like you know what. They probably needed this more than we needed this. Are you calling the Packers the little brother? Oh yeah, I mean they're they're. You know, like, I saw some stat before the game, like who has the most wins in the history of the Packers Bears rivalry? Which coach? It was Mike McCarthy. He had nineteen wins. Mike McCarthy, might I remind you, is like the immediately preceding coach of this rivalry, and he's won nineteen times over the Bears. And you're calling them little brother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to I don't want to like extrapolate too much from like 60 minutes of football. But is the bear season over? You know, Mitch Trubisky handed the ball off three times in preseason. The last meaningful snap he had played was last year. So is it, I think there's an interesting uh thing. Like everybody's piling on about them not playing in preseason, but uh and I know people don't want to listen to this if you're not a football fan, but uh but that's I think that's like a really interesting thing about the NFL with the uh, with the a lot of coaches sitting because I mean last year the Bears had like incredible injury luck but was it because they didn't play at all in the preseason so like I, I'm not overreacting last year the offense looked like crap in the uh, in game one and and I mean at the end of the day like Aaron Rodgers looked like shit last night too and yeah. the, once again the Bears defense proved that. Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers of old because, you know, they can't block him. You know, there was rumors that the the Browns-Patriots game was going to be that Thursday night opener back in the summer before they released the schedule. I'll tell you what, that's you wouldn't get a 7-3 game for four hours if you put that. The Browns-Patriots, that would have been a shootout. And then, now we just get this, you know, ugly... Thir- ugly Thursday night games are always ugly. We're just keeping the tradition. <laughs> Not the ones where you haven't played for eight months. It's the ones where you have like three days to turn it around. I'm I'm not really I'm not really worried. I, I'm okay, not putting the, last year we started three and three, end of the season nine and one. Oh, you know? all right. There like, you go. That's uh when you don't play at all in the preseason, there's you're gonna be rusty. It's it's like starting the round with a bogey. There's no sure. need for concern. Many great rounds have started with a bogey. You know, my one other observation is they, they showed Urlacher in the booth or in the suite last night. His hair? Yeah. But, you know, they do... Do you guys the, get the Restore ads in around the country uh, or is it just Chicago? I don't know. I feel like I've seen them, but I'm sure we don't get them with the frequency that you do. If you drive uh, around the city of Chicago... Yeah. I feel like billboards, see, right? Oh, it's just billboards everywhere. Urlacher <laughs> bald and Urlacher with a full head of hair. That's like the number one ad in Chicago. <laughs> Is there a market? Is that like a booming market for bald guys? I mean, I guess Urlacher obviously has a connection, but um, they showed him with his 
the cry on it's like 10 time pro bowler or whatever you know world champ super bowl champ they gotta add to that cry on former driver versus driver judge <laughs> like that's just disrespectful why don't they add, like that needs to be like a bullet when they show his title especially is nbc keep it in the golf channel family i don't understand like how that wasn't a part of the cry on driver versus driver judge 2017 erlocker Love scuff. So one of my like great memories as a child, um, like I was in high school, my buddy and I were on, on the high school golf team and we're yeah. playing Deer Path, which is like a local golf course. And yeah. uh, I, and Erlacher lived in our town, Lake Bluff, but he we saw he was like three holes behind us and he was playing with a couple other players. And yeah. uh, so we sat on the 16th tee and just <laughs> waited for him. And we were like, you guys can go through. And Erlacher was like, oh, do you guys want to play with us? So oh, we played with Erlacher, David Terrell, um, r- a former Michigan star sure. wide receiver that was one of the biggest busts in, in yeah. sure. draft history. Uh, and then, Playing too uh, much golf. Yeah, Casey Urlacher, his younger brother. That was, okay. you know, but it was such a cool experience. That's for, like we were, sweet. we were in high school. It was just like, I mean, that was really cool. You targeted it right. Sixteen, you can play in. You get the op- option. Maybe you get to play in. It worked out it, perfectly. It did. It worked out great. <laughs> Sneaky little mf'er. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just. Are you done with yeah. Bears talk? I'm glad you don't think the season's over. I might not be as optimistic. I will say the Packers great, great, uh, great offseason additions on that defense. They got rid of like Clay Matthews has been such a liability for years, and yeah. they they like heroized this guy that was like a sub subpar uh, NFL player for the last. Couple sure, of years. he's got long hair, commercials. Yeah. You know, kind of like Ricky. But the, right? those new guys they have are really good. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get to some uh, golf news. We'll check in with the Europe Porsche European Open. Is it Porsche uh, or Porsche? I don't know. That's a good question. Is it schedule or schedule? You hear a lot of it. Porsche. I, I don't know. I think I've always said Porsche. Certainly heard Porsche a fair amount though. Um, Bob McIntyre leads just. Boat racing, running away with it. He's 10 under, still on the course, round two as we record this. Uh, he's five shots clear of everybody else. Matthias no, Schwab up there again. He's playing. He, I think he's, they said he took four weeks off. Uh, Paul Casey shot an opening round 66. They said it was like one of the best rounds of his year, given the wind and rain. But he came back a shot. You know who's um, struggling? Who's that? The... Uh... The the European Tours famed, famed you know, uh, ambassador of the U.S. Patrick Reed, He's two over, <laughs> twelve shots back. That's all right. Do you think it's I, the pressure of of going over there and playing where you're such a hero, returning the conquering hero to Europe? <laughs> I mean, like the 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 the, the great uh, you know European t- um, tour American player. <laughs> I don't understand it. I st- I can't get over I, it. All right, we, we yeah, we play the hits here. But yes, it, the, that that one will forever confuse me. It's just they look desperate. They look, it makes the Euro Tour look like desperate. why him? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a mole oper- operation. Get him in the Ryder Cup team room. Uh, all right. So, any other thoughts on the European Open? No, not really. McIntyre, he's a stud. Young Scott yelled at Kyle Stanley, got in his face about not shouting four. He's already won the hearts and minds of the shotgun start. They got to get him on that Ryder Cup team. He's he's just going to get on that Ryder <laughs> Cup team. And, yeah, he's like the uh, American or the uh, European version of Reed. <laughs> I feel like uh, Miles, the Bixby. Bixby founder said he like hosted him when they were at the Walker Cup in LA a couple years ago. Ah. It said he was like the most down to earth, chill guy. Like he a seems great, like a cool guy. Dude. And uh, but apparently he can be a little red ass on the course. Maybe, maybe not, or maybe it was just Stanley not shouting for. So, um, all right, let's move on to news, shall we? Let's move not, on. Not news, but you know. 
the big news, big story, details, uh, the driver testing. We are, we are getting a little bit of an improvement on driver testing. You know, things we've been shouting about since this whole all got a little hot, you know, mid-July at Portrush. You know, I characterized it. I said, like, the smoking gun already is just that there's no testing. Like, not necessarily that a player has been caught here or there or equipment company might be crooked or not. Like, the, the smoking gun in and of itself was that no testing. Like, I thought that was a scandal in and of itself. Uh, so we have a little bit of an improvement there. And just, just to give you a sense of how inane and ridiculous the prior testing was, which is like testing in name only, they would just they would grab a bag of drivers off an equipment truck. They'd, ask, player, they'd walk in there and ask them for a bag of drivers. They, they'd just lie in her. This is like the equivalent of drug testing DJ after round, but asking Fred Funk to piss in a cup for it or something. Like... <laughs> They were these drivers weren't being used by anybody. They weren't like Fred it, Funk pissing in a cup. It's just it, it's totally unrelated and in name. Like test the drivers that are actually in the bag or being used. It's not some random equipment that's adjacent to the competition. So uh, so that's out now. It sounds like it's gonna be random testing. Uh, they expect every player who's exempt to get hit at least once tested. Um, throughout the year, it sounds like you know. I was reading, like uh, I think David Dusek had an article on Golf Week. It sounds like I saw it. I I, I don't want to say this was like reactionary and like hastily put together, but it sounds like they put it together pretty quickly following all the drama of Port Rush. Well, maybe, I imagine that I imagine about it. Too. I imagine some players complained, right? Like if you're playing by the rules, like it would be alarming that twenty percent of a of a of a testing at a major championship came back over right. the limit. Like right. I would I would be really pissed off if you're on the straight and narrow, right? <laughs> like, and there were a lot of there was a lot of smoke for the last twelve months about hot drivers on tour. Sure, I I think that it's a this is. This is a bigger this is a bigger thing that's happening where you know it, it's I think combination of this plus the players talking and saying things like Tiger said and Snedeker said like and the way Rory and Brooks have been talking out about about slow play that like there's so much money for stake now like there should be like it's not the same game as when when the game started where there's this game of honor. Like when there's millions of dollars at stake, like history of time has ta- shown us that people will cut corners to get advantages, you know, right. like it, it, it's one thing when you're playing matches. I mean, like when, when the perks and the Morrises played matches in the late 1800s in Scotland, you know, these like grudge matches, you know, the spectators would step on the balls of the other right. opponents because they were betting on the matches. Right, right, right. Like, this is what happens when there's money on the line. Well, we got, like, not to, like, we can't name names, but, like, like people involved with other sports leagues, like major sports leagues, like executives, like, started reaching out to us when we talked about it. They were like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, if this was going on, that, that this doesn't exist is nuts and it's just like it's not like necessarily calling in the integrity of one specific player or equipment maker although we've heard rumors of different you know sneaky drawers and stuff like that of of, uh but like not calling anyone into specific into but just the fact that this doesn't exist was like a scandal this was like other major american sports and other sports leagues around the world were like yeah they need testing like Set aside, not saying these guys are cheaters and crooks, but like there's money involved. Like you're saying, there's millions of dollars involved. You just need to have it regulated. There needs to be more oversight. Like, do you think if the SEC didn't exist, that there would be like a lot more, um, you know, fraud and in trading? Sure. Well, sure. Yes. And there's already enough. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, this is just, and I, I think the, I'm not, I, it's great that they took a step. I'm really happy they took a step, but this is about as soft as they can they can step into this. Like, That's what I was going to say. Are you encouraged? I don't think you're satisfied, I would guess. I, I mean, whatever. Like, 
I do believe that like in this, there is some, you know, putting it in soft. I'd like to see it get more and more like the fact that they're like talking to the equipment, the equipment manufacturers are like, Oh, but we, we can't do this and this. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Like, like these, the, the equipment manufacturers have the biggest, you know, advantage because like if Taylor made, if, some so and so wins playing a tailor made driver. They get a tweet out. Oh, go get the driver that this guy used. Even though yeah. you can't get that driver because you know. Yeah, you're getting it maybe with the same label on it, but it's not the same driver. <laughs> and uh, so I would say that I'd like to see. I I it, I think we both would have talked about this at length. The te- the drive every driver should be tested the the minute before that player steps on the first tee, and if they I don't. And if that driver doesn't pass, you better go get another one. If you don't have another one, you don't get to play with a driver. You know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, for all indications, this test takes like two seconds. So, would you would you do it first? And it should tee? be it should be public. It all should be public. That's my next. Are you saying first tee every round? First every tee every round. Yes. Every single round, every player's driver. Yeah. First tee. Um, where else can equipment get sideways? Wedge grooves. I'm trying. Like, uh, yeah, point. grooves. Like, who's who would ever know if grooves are conforming or not? Yeah, I think balls are probably the heavily, most heavily regulated. Yeah, from what I understand, they will regularly, regularly test balls. I'm just wondering if there's a slippery slope here that, like, all of a sudden, it just becomes cumbersome. Your test, like, if you're doing drivers, what can you do next? You should be doing this as well, X, Y, and Z, and then it just like becomes too much. Is it possible for that to happen? I mean, driver, like the way that driver contributes to a player's earnings these days and where you finish in the FedEx Cup and where you finish in the world rankings, like it should be the most regulated or or oversight, you know, club in the bag. And it's important to note that like this isn't, I would almost suggest that, that the short hitters have more of an incentive. And I'm not saying that anybody's knowingly playing a hot driver, but like, In in this day and age with the game, what you just alluded to, shorter yeah. players actually have more of an incentive to find a hot driver. Right, right. All right. So you just alluded to one thing I definitely want to touch on about the details of like uh, it being secret. Like that bugged me a lot. Like the PGA Tour. Like, are you an entertainment product? Or are you not? Like, this is controversy sells. Like, this is great, but. Allegedly, the only people who will ever know that a driver passed or failed are the player and one person from one of the equipment companies. Those are the only, and it, there's two people that will ever know the results of a test. And like, I don't know if you're an entertainment product, like this shit should be going on the first tee of every round. They got like a big video board behind you, right? And they put it on the scale or whatever this machine is. And like if it passes or fails, and it's like you're you're getting the live reading, and then maybe throw in like a GIF or some sort of like a big giant X, like, like the gladiator. Yeah, yes, see, the see. gladiator, the Joaquin Phoenix doing thumbs up, thumbs down, or Family Feud, like a big loud X. Like, <clears throat> I mean, this is entertainment. You're yeah, talking about millions you know of dollars. One of the best parts of uh, of of skiing is how. When they finish the race, yes. you know they like the the <laughs> skier like immediately stops and jerks around to look at the board, and then like the time flashes up. Right. It would bring, you know, the and I think the PGA Tour needs to embrace this. I mean, this could be a new sponsorship. We could get a new, you know, right. like this could be presented by the first T test presented I mean, by yes. You know, like yeah, some I mean, they have test. like an official document company in Adobe, and they have official. Yeah. Beef jerky. They have official like everything. Why don't you get you could this, they sold Wyndham a you know bill of goods on the rewards. Like you could you could monetize the hell out of this, right? Oh yeah. I mean this is a natural this is a natural synergy with some big brand. <laughs> Maybe it could be like uh they could get in with that who's the who's the one that does drug tests, LabCorp? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> uh all right so yeah that that was one disappointment uh it's just like how it's being kept secret this, this if you want your thing to be an entertainment product like let's make this a part of the entertainment 
not, not everything has to feel like it's, you know, you're, you're making your players look bad. Right. Also, do you think, do you think this will change behaviors? Do you think like if you fail a test, like you really have to be a, a sneaky equipment company slash and or player. Right. I mean, like, do you think any behavioral change? I feel like you're probably not going to have drivers that are pushed into that, whatever it is. The, like, but nobody the, knows. There's no public embarrassment. Yeah, that's true. Like, what happens if you... There's no fines. There's nothing like, oh, I have to take it. I could, you could just play a hot driver, and then it's like, oh, I got caught. Slap on the wrist. Nobody knows. Not, also, and not <laughs> even the other players don't even know. I know. I know. You don't even have the shame of your colleagues knowing that you were at a crooked driver. So, also, also, it's Monday, Tuesday, like Wednesday, right? So, like, not even Wednesday. The, the trucks are leaving Wednesday, so they aren't going to do Wednesday. So, by like Saturday, Sunday, when you're the, on, on the hunt or something, like you could have a, you could have an early week and late week driver. You could have yeah, you could be on your third driver of the tournament. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the secrecy stuff, like drug testing, again, member organization. So, you know, these guys aren't going to want it out there. But we saw uh, we saw the reaction to Xander when his went public. So I understand it, their You fear. know, other sports leagues, because of the, the owner-player dichotomy, have yeah. so much more uh, transparency. Because there is a, there are, there are. So check and balance, right? Well, well, so I would, I would suggest that the owners are more in touch with like, you know, the product and the players are more inherently about, you know, they're very biased towards their own thing, you know, getting paid, having a career, flourishing, not, not getting embarrassed, not getting embarrassed. Yeah. So. This is like the the byproduct of having no nobody no stakeholder in the room that cares at all about the product, the competition, and and it shows with, well, with the, the way tour the, cares about the product. It's just they don't well, only to a certain point. They their number one pri- number one thing is the members. Right. It's a it's right. a real it's actually that I never really thought about it that way, but that's like the inherent problem. You're coming into a take here. No check and balance like another league. Yeah, every other opposing part. Oh well, parties that work together but can be have their own separate interests. Right? Yeah, they work together. They're all trying to do you know the overall things the same, but there's no yeah. counter to the inherent biases of a of a player organization. Yep. And there's no like the fact that these strikes happen in other leagues. There's a reason because like they're both they have objectively different goals. Sure. Like uh, within the greater goal, you know, everybody wants to make as much money in the league to be as popular as possible. But like there are big problems that come up, you know, like if, if there were if there was a owners like a some sort of like not an owners, but like an, you know, some sort of an o- owner's counter to the players. I don't think that the coverage would be as bad as the coverage is on TV because the owners would be irate. Yep. And yep. but the players are like, well, just keep make us as much money as you possibly can. Okay. No, I, it's it's a good it's a, it's a kernel of an idea there. I mean, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, let's move to Walker Cup. Uh, so we have Walker Cup Saturday, Sunday. Just to run through the format, ten players for each side. You have foursomes, four foursomes, alternate shot matches. On Saturday and Sunday morning, then you have eight singles matches on Saturday, and t- all ten play singles Sunday. So twenty six points. Uh, it's like been heavily favored home teams. Like eleven of the last thirteen home teams have won. Yeah, last- I've seen that. There's going to be some weather too. Yeah, it's too last- bad we don't get to watch it. <laughs> That's what I was. Gonna- I was- We're going to get there eventually. We talked about it on Wednesday too, but. Yeah, there's it was like blowing like thirty or forty. You, Team USA like had to just abort their uh, practice round. I saw on Wednesday they played like six holes and they're like, I, I don't want to. Hagestad made some analogy to like overtraining. Like if you just you know if you play in this and that you know you're over compensating for wind that might not come. You know. Yeah, bad things can happen if you play if you practice or play too much in the wind. And Ogletree, the reigning, the guy who just won the U.S. Amateur, was like, 
<laughs> he sounded like a total fish out of water. I mean, like some of these guys have played links, but Ogletree, uh, he was like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. That was incredible. Said that Augustine hit like a four iron, 330 yards or something. So it might be, is it firm and fat? Is it, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I got to find this uh, tweet. There's a, there's something that uh, Georgia tech golf tweeted out about. It was like a quote from Ogletree. Um, Yeah. It was so good. Um, Here, there's, there's not a lot of stuff to aim at. You've got to be really specific with where you start the ball and get the, get it on the ground as soon as possible. How about that? It's pretty good. Sounds I mean, some of these guys different. were, you know, 18, 19, 20, probably have seen a lot of this, you know? Mm-mm. I mean, you're not playing this on a college schedule, really. Um, um, all right. So, so that's the last U.S. team to win in Europe or in GBI was uh, 2007, which is that, like, dream team. That, uh, that was, at, I think, County Down. Mm-hmm. Everybody shares those photos. Like, here's Ricky and Rory playing 10 years ago. Here's Colt Nose, Billy Horschel. That was like a loaded team. It was it's, amazing. It's going to be a flashback Friday heavy, uh, heavy oh, week. Good, good. Uh, I'm saying from all parties, you know, the, the <laughs> photos, you know. There you go. We might, hopefully we get like a, a JT Spieth uh, sitting eating photo, you know, when they were kids. <laughs> Junior Ryder Cup. So I, I, here's a question, and I, I think this is probably a crazy idea, but I just want to ask: Should there be like a Hovland type rule for the Walker Cup? Like, like you could turn pro at a certain point in the, that year and still be eligible. Like you see, Akshay Batia clearly turning pro, state amateur to play this week. You have Matt, Matt Wolf, who obviously would have been on the team, turn pro in whatever June first. I think a lot. I think a lot of the guys don't wait to turn pro to play. Um, I, like Matt Matt Wolf was on the last team. Morikawa yeah. was on the last team. Right, they've played already. Yeah. yeah. So I think I don't have a problem. I, so if you did that, it would really change the the you know the history. So here, Jess Sweetser, who played in the original. Um, Walker Cup. He was a great amateur player. Played at Yale. Was instrumental in getting Yale, Yale's golf course built. Right. Um, won the USAM. The spirit of the Walker Cup is amateurism at its peak. I have never seen anything but the finest sportsmanship exhibited on either side. If you if you put that rule in, like that's like changing the whole fabric of the of the tournament. Uh- I agree. I agree. I was just, I just wanted to throw it out there. I, I thought you were, I thought you were going to say, should you make this a European team, Europe versus us instead of the GB and I, because then Europe would have like in the last year had Hovland and had, well, uh, yeah, had, had be- my boy, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that, that, that'd be cool to see those guys get involved, but I don't think it's been that. I mean, Team USA has dominated this overall, but it's been pretty close the last, like I said, rarely is a, an away team winning. And uh, it's, yeah. it sounds like it's not been competitive. Like the home teams are like up big first day and then it's just a blowout. So. It kind of shows how we talk about this a little bit um, with the open and how we get such a different leaderboard than we get at the American PGA Tour events. Right. right. Because like I I always feel like I look at that leaderboard and I'm like god if if the golf and it's like that it's what we talk about with competition and the ranging spectrum of courses like courses and conditions really impact what type of player is going to play well and the PGA Tour is so homogenized. Like right. this, they try and set up the golf courses the same every week and that's the dumbest thing they could do because like you want to have variety. You want to see there should be different courses that favor different types of players. Just like in the tour de France, the mountain tracks favor, you know, different types of riders. And I think we see it a little bit with like the heritage, you know, but there just aren't enough of them because this is a perfect example. Like where like, you know, these young players who haven't been exposed, like, you know, somebody that grows up playing Lynx golf is, is, 
you're at a huge disadvantage in professional golf because like you've you've learned how to play on a on a surface that like is rarely used sure and it's a a far extreme you know and it's it's the it's that's actually like a great point for a world tour that's a that's a great selling point for a world tour what brings more i don't know uh, pros who are excel at their craft but just in different ways into the bucket yeah i mean like i think like you see it with um i'm not like a huge uh race car fan i don't even know what to call it like but like (laughs) the uh, you're scratching your head like a race car uh you know like that formula one they play all different styles of tracks and different drivers are better at different types of of races and and that's what that's an individual goal Uh, and the same thing with tennis with different surfaces you know so every other individual sport like has these and like for golf it's like one week of the year, two weeks of the year, we play like a different surface, which is, yep. and that should be one of the most compelling things about the sport is like, oh, they're playing on this surface. These are the guys that are the specialists of this surface. And, you know, that, that never gets shown because they, they set the golf course up the same every week. All right. You want to holler at all about no TV? I, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what are you going to say? The Royal Liverpool, Hoy Lake. I saw, I was reading, I think it was Brentley Romine. It's, it's known as like the spiritual home of the Walker Cup. Yeah. Because it's where it really took off. Mm-hmm. Um, first one was at National Golf Links, but this is like, I guess, where it really took off with some legends, you know, Chick Evans, Francis. Well, I got, I, that's going to be in, in, but, in flashback. So, like, you've got this, you've got future stars, but he, like, there are names that enough golf fans know, whether they're casual or just, you know, part of the, like hardcore amateurs fans, like this has got to be on TV. It's got to be on TV. I don't know if they didn't foresee this being such a dead weekend with no champions, no LPGA, no. How is there nothing? No PGA Tour. All there's, all there is, is that Germany event that's done. You know, it's just they have one-hour highlights shows. I don't know. We're t- we're told Fox gets the USGA, like US sites, so I think they're going to do it at Seminole and Cyprus. I assume that deal is still in place. So that'll be cool. But like, this is just floating out there with no. I mean, so, an era so, of era of like niche streams for everything. I can watch, like I always say, I can watch like a CAA volleyball match. Like, there's there's streams for everything. There's you can find, although. I don't want to rant separately. The ACC network is just a travesty. Can't watch like major FBS football. Um, but like, and it, how, how this has to be on somewhere. Give us so, uh, two hours. You, Golf a- Channel could pick up the rights. They could. They have the option. They didn't. And tomorrow they're airing four hours of Faraday reruns. Garrett Morrison tweeted this out. Three hours of Golf Central. Two hours of Hogan reruns, a rerun of a two-hour Tiger documentary, three episodes of Golf Advisor Round Trip, and one hour of Walker Cup highlights. <laughs> It'd be bad to begin with. It's just accentuated by there also being nothing else. There's no uh, every other tour is on. Why can't they the give tour. us what they gave us at the Sony when the strike was on? Oh, that's a great idea. What was that again? Like the cameramen were all striped. But like it was just all blimp coverage, right? They leaned it was, in the blimp. Yeah, right? they had they had like one on ground camera. Savarikas was doing the the play by play from the studio. They had uh they had some on course guy doing do Jerry doing, Fultz, I yeah, think doing camera. Yeah, yeah, he was doing camera work. Like but like just give us something. Like this is this is goes back to like you're, this is the start of the NFL weekend, and I would totally like my the Bears have played, and, and Walker Cup wouldn't even coincide with Not the NFL. It'll be done by I, one Eastern. I would I would sit in the morning and watch Walker Cup. Thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> I have acquired a streaming login. What is it broadcast over there? Are oh, you sure about oh that? my God. You want to hear is what it? they got going on? Yeah. Um, I got uh, 
Because I thought I saw I that the whole schedule. Highlights too. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, all right, no. good. Um, let me let me pull up. I tweeted, so it's on Sky I tweeted, Sports. I tweeted this out. So Saturday, you're um, you're, you're 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 confessing to a crime here. <coughs> you got a streaming service set up. I think it's on. Yeah, it, so it's on <laughs> nine. Uh, they got a Walker Cup preview. Sky Sports Golf, five p.m. I think. Preview. I'm not hearing live coverage. I don't know that it, there's live actual coverage. I think they're doing the highlights thing. No way. I I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I, I thought they were doing... They were just doing more of it, but they're not doing actual... Interesting. Yeah, I misread this. <laughs> there you go. It looks Still, like just get the cameras over to Liverpool... Set it up. You don't even need towers. You don't need like all the big infrastructure. You don't need a camera tower. You don't need just get this like some little Mickey Mouse production truck and get some cameras out there. So, so here's just a the USGA and the RNA are they at least a little bit to blame here? Like, why won't they just set up like the Western Am did a live stream? Yeah, like how did it to a certain extent? It, aren't they slightly to blame here? Like, couldn't they do something? Well, right. Like, it's not that hard to go get some cameras and and set up uh, something. Well, if they're going to be highlight shows, there have to be cameras present. Like, this isn't being played in total obscurity. If there's highlights, somebody was recording it. Like, you could watch highlights from like. Walker Cups pass that weren't necessarily like I just it's 2019. Do, do you think they don't want it on TV to keep some mystique about it? Like to, no, uh, no, no, they want it. They want this to be a, an event that's it's, an added part of their arsenal. Th- there's actually a uh, I would say that there is a if I was the PGA Tour, I would want this on PGA Tour live. Given the like youth invasion of the game. Yeah. Like I mean, like there's so many parties that should be interested in this. Dude, they don't even go to Hawaii. They don't go. They don't go. That doesn't go over over the bodies. I wonder if the shotgun start, if we hopped a quick flight, if we could uh we could periscope it. Yeah. (laughs) Would that violate any media policies? You never know. Be hoisted out off the grounds pronto, quickly. Do you think? Yes, because RNA and USGA have rights. We can't like you still have to like cut a deal with them to broadcast. Do you so. think it, we could just say we're going to fly over and that would be the deal? <laughs> sure, expensive flight. Go well, yeah. Last, last minute flight to to can the you, UK. Can you expense it? We're going to come with two iPhones. <laughs> we're going to periscope the shit out of this event. Expense the flight for us. Uh, all right, let's move on. Any other Walker Cup? Just. By the way, you're good. Oh, we got Flashback Friday on the Walker Cup. All right, Cup. let's go. Let's go. Let's roll right into that then. All right, Flashback Friday. We are uh, we are going back to the first Walker Cup and the formation of the Walker Cup. I feel like I don't know how much people know about the Walker Cup. How it started. just pretend people don't know anything. Yeah, so, obviously our listeners are very highly educated in is, golf nuts. Assume they know a little bit, but just let's operate did, as if they know nothing. Did you say that because you know nothing? Bullshit. Get out of here with this. <laughs> That's not accurate at all. I've done a lot of reading just in the last hour. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, um, you're mad I'm wearing a Browns hat. I'm sending out Cody Parkey gifts. Yeah, you're, I you're, am. Oh, There's a little. Yeah. Oh. yeah. All right. You know, you're just kicking a man while he's down. I'm not. All right. Go ahead. Just Go kicking ahead. some dirt in my eyes. <laughs> so, uh, okay. the RNA was over for. Uh, Meetings about rules, and uh, and and one of the per- participants was George uh, Herbert Walker, USGA president in 1920, and they started talking about this international team competition. Um, the U.S. had been doing these matches with Canada, uh, amateur matches, and okay. you know there was a lot of history that went into it before um, C.B. McDonald was, you know. His, his usual tyrant self, you know, 
Maybe maybe the number one menace in, in golf history, C.B. McDonald. <laughs> Sidebar, he protested the first two USAMs until he won. <laughs> then the, he said there wasn't a, you know a formal set of rules, so he protested the you know. But that anyways, like Bryson or something. Oh Bryson yeah, prior era, just a little little whiny. But go ahead. So uh, CV had been like talking about a need for an international competition in like 1915, but World War One uh, yeah. kind of derailed everything. So um, so. In 1921, coming out of this, the USGA invited every golfing nation to send teams to compete in this match, Um, but no country was able to accept that year. Lots of broke countries, you know, the fees, everything. So nothing happened. Um, But the man who kind of saved it all was uh, William Founds. And uh, he was of the Founds family who founded Oakmont. Yeah, relation to Henry Fowles. A uh, US, US Am champion, like the like an iconic US amateur golfer. Uh, <clears throat> 1910 US Am champion. Uh, so, and he was kind of the leader of this, you know, America versus Canada match. Um, so, he took the team to uh, England. He just, they, they got on a, on a uh, boat and headed over to England in 1921. Um, and they played at Hoylake. So the, the, and they, uh, they defeated the British team nine to three in an informal match the day before the British am. So they always paired it up with the am because of the immense travel. And the first Walker cup was paired up with the USAM at Brookline. So this go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I think this is also uh, on a professional level, how kind of how the Ryder cup came about. They just like wanted to add some team matches before the the open. I think uh, it was just kind of an informal, like trying to get it done around the open. But go maybe, ahead. Maybe continue. that'll be the flashback Friday in uh, in, a, in about a year from now. There you go. Go ahead. Um, early in 1922, RNA announced that it would send the team to compete in the Walker Cup. So you know the Walker Cup, named after George Walker, USGA president, but. Yeah. You know, many people say it should be called the Founds Cup. Oh, interesting. Because okay. Walker many, Walker wanted many. to do it, but Founds was the one that actually took did it, it on. Yeah. Because like it wouldn't have happened if they didn't go and do that in twenty one. Right. And they actually invited all the teams in the world, but only only <clears throat> G B and I came. Okay. So um so it would uh it, the Event was at National Golf Links of America, CB McDonald's uh, Club, also Walker's Home Club, um, and uh, the so the competition was everybody but Great Britain's the only one that came over. Um, so at that point, the match was played on an annual basis. So twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. It was decided that like it was too expensive. <coughs> Yeah, to, to do so every other year. So they they went to the every other year. Um, okay. So, uh, from present prospects, this is from a uh, a um, is, uh, Bernard Darwin. From present prospects, uh, this will easily be the greatest international year that American golf has ever known. What are we ta- What year are we talking about? Twenty two. With the first year when when National okay. Golf Links first walked, okay. okay, so you know all these guys are coming over. You know they have, and and this is really when like you know that international golf, like all the best players are going to the U.S. Open and the USAM, and then they have this this uh, Walker Cup, and there was actually huge fear um, in that the Walker Cup is going to overshadow the USAM. So there was a New York Times article that that highlighted that like will this will this competition ruin the USAM? <coughs> so there's a, if you're really interested in the this uh, first Walker Cup, Chris Millard, who wrote National Golf Link's uh, big history book, yep. used yep. to work at Digest. He he wrote a really awesome article for the uh, program of the 44th Walker Cup, which is at National Golf Links a few years ago. Yeah, a few. Um, so, uh, the headliner of the event was Bobby Jones. 
So sure. he was at the time 20 years old. He was still in school. Um, you know, and uh, American golf was really on the rise. So like after losing 16, the first 16 U.S. Opens, Americans have won eight of the last 10. So they were this growing golf power, but still Great Britain was like the de facto, yeah. like we are the golf gods. Because, the godfather. Yeah, because yeah. We, we started the game. You guys are just, you know, kind of, you know, just learning how to how to play the Johnny game. Johnny come lately, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Bernard Darwin accompanies the Great Britain team um, as a writer okay. in this, for this event. So yeah. they hopped on a boat. It took like eight days to come over. Um, Scott McCarron can't get on one to go to the, the, the senior open. So, so it was an eight-day boat ride. Um, so he, he, here's like his kind of preview. It is, I hope and, I, and believe, a fine team. I do not say is fine enough to win about the Great Britain team because I know what is up against, but I think it will make a good showing and further think that National Golf Links which uh, with its seaside breeze is like some of our home courses should suit the players. Well, if they don't uh, play well there, then they will not play well anywhere. And I will offer on their behalf, no alibi. He then gave like an alibi. He noted that uh, they didn't have their best player amateur. So British amateur champion, Ernest Holderness, he had to work. (laughs) That's amazing. Imagine that. Their best, he was the amateur champion, reigning amateur. Uh, British Am champion. British Am, right, yeah. So imagine if... Uh, the, Isn't that just called the amateur? Imagine if Cole Hammer couldn't play because he's like, I got a caddy at the club. It's the member <laughs> guest. It's the member guest. <laughs> How I good guess. is that? Yeah, that's pretty good. So... Pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> So, <laughs> Angus Hambro also just name. bailed late. He was Hambro? like, like didn't show up to the boat. <laughs> so did they go with one less guy, or did so they find they had a reserve player? Okay, they planned a reserve player, but now Bernard Darwin, the writer, was their reserve. Oh my gosh, this is an excellent flashback nugget. So that's amazing. Imagine if you were going to the Walker oh, Cup God, and you were the American no, American Reserve. Depends on how many strokes I'm getting. But like you but might as well just forfeit the points and get rid of it. So like the premier golf writer is the reserve for the for the inaugural Walker Cup team, the Great Britain's oh, form. Amazing. He, it is an important sidebar. He was a very good player. He had, sure. he had, uh, yeah. he had reached like the semis of the British Am year uh, uh, years ago. So he was, uh, he was very, very capable. I, I, yeah, I assume they wouldn't entertain it if he wasn't, if they didn't know he. Could they play. wouldn't have had another option. They didn't have another right. option. All right. All right. <laughs> so the Brits that to acclimate to America, they planned that they they arrived sixteen days before oh the match. Oh my God! Darwin wrote that this might have had an opposite effect <laughs> because of the nightlife scene. Oh God! So they're <laughs> out, out in the Hamptons or where? Out yeah, in the- New York, all over New York. Oh, they okay. they right. had lavish dinners. Oh, so, so their arrival in America. So this is a, a quote. Uh, this is, their arrival in America will leave them about three weeks in which to become acclimated to conditions on the other side. Unfortunately, this matter of acclimation is greatly a matter of chance. Three weeks will be a sufficient, a sufficient uh, time for some of the wanderers, while on the other hand, it may just prove enough to upset one or two members of the team. <laughs> So the wanderers, okay. They talked about how if it was hot, they were screwed. Because Why? Because they're just they're not used to hot weather, and they put yeah. they're playing in jackets and ties, just like the Chicago yeah. golf flashback a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, right. So they the the U.S. sets up like an, a gauntlet of dinners and matches and tours of all the clubs around the area. And Darwin suggests that it might have been gamesmanship. 
<laughs> that they were just loading the schedule to tire them out. Getting these guys worse for the wear? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so Darwin wrote the, so the first day comes and, you know, sure enough, uh, Har- uh, Harris uh, is out with tonsillitis, one of the players, Harris. <laughs> tonsillitis. <laughs> Ton- like tonsillitis in the middle of summer? <laughs> you just come to New York, you get a bunch of... The, the, yeah. Sounds like three weeks of partying. Just <laughs> knocks him out. So Darwin's now in the matches. Oh, hell yeah. So good. So... um. This it's pretty funny because so there's articles that uh, Darwin's article talks about the first day being insufferable heat. Okay. Meanwhile, what, what time of year is this? Do we know? It's it's in uh, late, uh, it's early September. Early September. Okay. Right before right. the AM. Meanwhile, America's Jess Sweetser recalled it as a mild day. <laughs> So what I mean what, so the, what is the sliding scale here? The histori- so beautiful. the historical records show it was eighty. Oh. I mean that's With pretty human. oppressive if you're living on the coast of England or yeah, never a bet. <laughs> like, yeah. So it, thunderstorms came too. So it must have been a humid eighty. Okay. So okay. Uh, another problem was that that thunderstorm softened the course. So it was Uh-oh. less firm and fast. There you go. Much different crowd. So there's much different conditions than the Lynx land. So there's a 2,000 person crowd, and they did 36 hole matches at this time. Oh, shit. Okay. So um, Robert Harris, the guy that couldn't, you know, play, Darwin wrote was, was of little service to the team. <laughs> and he was the captain. Oh, shit. <laughs> So, so Darwin is in the captain match. went too hard. What yeah. got after it a little bit too much? Too much captain duties. <laughs> so uh, Darwin in his first match just gets clobbered. The team match they lose eight and seven in team match. Okay, worst defeat of the of the of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Bobby and Bobby Jones. The U.S. gets off to a hot start. Bobby Jones and Jess Sweets are. Um, they were at up nine at one point in their match. Ended up winning like three and two. 36-hole match, so they were up nine. They were, you know, over, you know, 36. Right. So <laughs> they're, they're up, and uh, day two comes. There's, you know, eight matches, and uh, they only needed to win four. Um, so U.S. wins the first five matches. So it's over. It's over. But, you know, the last three are playing out. And uh, the Brits won the final three. So that's why, you know, the match looks a lot closer. One of which was Bernard Darwin's match. Oh, yeah. He won. So of all the players that Darwin had to play in singles, he had to to play Wild Bill Founds, like the American stalwart. Like, you know, like... Yeah. He was the guy that nobody wanted to play because he had, yeah. you know, he had all the, all, he was just the crafty, the you know, old guy, the, yep. the de facto leader of American amateur golf. Yes. Um, so prior, prior to the match, Darwin got hit by a stray practice shot in the chest. What? What's he got going pe- on he got pegged in the chest. Oh Jesus. So he wrote, I thought for a moment uh here was a state of things if it, um I might have transposed this wrong. I thought for a moment here was a state of things if only available a substitute a substitute was killed. <laughs> like he thought he might die. Yeah, just I read this. Smoked with a golf ball in the chest. <laughs> it apparently made like a, a loud cracking sound. Oh, jeez. Was it on purpose? Could it have been like an unintentional, intentional thing? Who knows? Final day? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Dar- uh, Darwin had no shot 
in general. Yeah. He was just Wild Bill. <clears throat> so Founce wins the first three holes and sticks it on the fourth, which is like the American Redan, first American Redan. Yeah. And and Darwin wrote about this match and he and he said he was at this point in a state of semi collapse. <laughs> <laughs> So, but he was saved by a cameraman. Now keep the, keep this in mind when you photographer. think photographer. Think think about the way that Patrick Reed reacts to cameraman, and think about how Bar- Bernard Darwin, man of the media, reacts. <laughs> the man with the camera began to make a whir at me. This seemed the last straw, and yet it saved me. I tried to blot him, and his noises out of my mind. I could not think of any more new styles but merely of the ball. And so by the grace of heaven, I hit it and put it on the green. I have that hole in three and stop the route. The, the route? Route. route? Route. I think it's route. the route. Route. Definitely route. So Darwin, Darwin wins the fifth, and then he stymied Founds on the sixth. So the stymie, oh, stymie was put, still in oh. play. So How is that not in the modern-day Walker Cup, modern-day all these things? A strategic stymie. So he, <laughs> he was going to lose the hole, but he stymied him. That's amazing. Like, he didn't try and make the putt. He stymied him. <clears throat> it, it's an amazing rule for match. I think <sighs> match play needs to bring the stymie back. Gotta come back. Yes. So, so he stymies him. And uh, it's like you're never out of the hole because you can stymie somebody. <laughs> Founds tried to play around it and knocked Darwin's ball into the hole. Oh, shh. Lost the hole. So, Lost the whole match. Got it, right? So now he's one down. And uh, Darwin wins the next three holes to go two up. I mean, oh. Founds was like, I guess, just mentally out of it. Totally. Yeah. And they don't yeah. know they don't know that the matches are gonna be over. You know, right, this is early right. in this no match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so so he ends up winning the match and uh it's like one of the greatest upsets in That's amateur amazing. golf. Um, yeah. and the match, you know, marked the emergence. So the win for the Walker Cup for the US marked the emergence of the USGA as a co equal of the RNA. And one might say now the USGA is is probably the more dominant organization no no offense marty sleeps (laughs) i Uh, i don't know that that's clear cut but yeah i i think they probably what have more of their thumb on the scale when it comes to whether a new rule becomes a rule and things like that yeah right i think so and it's just so much of the game is based sure and industry is america so yeah um so to this day, you know, the, the matches are like the, the big thing about the matches are they're like kind of the the meeting of the minds between the two organizations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the matches go on, but behind the scenes are far more important things taking place. That's a quote from historian Gordon Samens. Um, and uh, and that's that's kind of how the Walker Cup started. Um well, Excellent flashback. What other podcast is going deep on Bernard Darwin? So one important note about stymies. This is, stymies were in full controversy when this happened. Oh, it was already a, a controversial play, a yeah, controversial so subject. I, I found Where did a they get outlawed. Do we know? I, so I found an American golfer from earlier in the year, and um, the USGA was testing no stymies for two years, but at this point decided to bring them back. In, two, 20, in 1922. Early 20s. Um, and the American Golfer article, um, you know, stymies were considered unfair. Does that sound familiar? Fair police? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fair police took away stymies. <laughs> so this is from American Golfer when they brought it back. If its, if it's return proves distasteful to the majority of the first-class players, some future committee will abolish it again at some later date. There are times when it, it is one of the most scientific strokes in golf, and there are many other times when it is impossible for a player, any player to overcome it unless he is blessed by an armful of raw luck. And golf, after all, 
is largely a matter of skill and luck. At least, they are the two ingredients that make up the game. I love it. Gosh. Shortly after, Stymie's gone. Think about that. Think about, like, I don't know. Think about, like, Tyrrell Hatton, Stymie, and Pat Reed. And just, like, things that could, all the, the un, like, unlimited potential for this. So, I would say that I think that uh, Stymie's should be a match play role, and stroke play, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I think that's fine. That's perfect balance, right? Yeah. I think that's a good way to strike the balance. So, Because it I mean, is like a if skill. If stroke play, you get into like the whole favoritism thing, like backstopping, like Jimmy Walker saying, I do it for some guys, I don't do it for others. Like It's just, you know, protect I think, the field thing think, goes out the window. Think about like before the, think about before the singles, pivotal singles matches. You know, in the Ryder right. Cup, and we're talking about like, oh man, you know, the Europeans put, uh, we'll just say Terrell Hatton against Spieth. Hatton's the best stymier in the world, and Spieth's the best putter in the world. And like, they yeah. that's their counter. Like, think about how much more strategy there would be. It's so amazing. much more fun. You're put, you got, a, you got an eight footer for par, and they have a, they have a, you know, a, a, a you know, a four footer for par. And you're deciding whether you're going to try and make the eight footer or stymie the guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's good. It's great. It's incredible. I, I don't know why you would why you wouldn't want this to be a part. I mean, European Tour, PGA of America should have this back in place. Like, who doesn't want this? The players? You think? Captains? I, I'm just trying to think. Like. Who would be against this? The players, I guess. It's, it, think about think them. about the tiff the players make when you put a centerline bunker in the front. <laughs> <laughs> but if for match there, play, there would be such great rivalries. I mean, I people would get infuriated. It, it, you know, imagine if like somebody won because they stymied a guy like four times. And the guy, like, and then you're talking to the player, like Patrick Reed lost because he got stymied four times. He'd be, like his comments would be like, "Oh, that guy sucks. He just knows how to stymie." Imagine Bryson getting stymied, like the meltdown. Oh, He'd probably God. like go and jump in a bunker if somebody stymied him, like jump in a lake. We'd also get great Bryson content, like talking about how he's how he's approached learning how to stymie people. Yeah. <laughs> the physics of stymie. He'd be talking about all the tape of old uh, old amateur competitions he watched. So great flashback. You have any more? Anything more? Nothing else. All right, it's a long episode, but it's a great one. Um, news, real quick. This is just going to be announcing stuff. So we have a great listener, Frank McDermott, over in Slovakia, giving me a ton of intel on the Slovakian professional championship. It's like the PGA professional national going on in Slovakia. So that's actually Monday, Tuesday. So we'll cover it next week. Got some good intel. It's on the course with the par six. Oh, wow. And the PFC is going to play. He's going. When does it start? Monday, Tuesday is is when it starts Monday. But the pro-am, there's a pro-am for it on Sunday. And they said if you miss a cut in Germany... Sabatini was going to go play the Pro-Am. So the BFP will be on the ground in Slovakia next week. Do you think they're going to have a parade? <laughs> I got the hiccups now. Shit. Uh, no, I don't think they'll have a parade. Other news. We'll go into that on Monday. DJ has surgery, knee surgery. Sounds mild, arthroscopic. Well, mild as surgery can be. But he's going to play this fall. Might explain uh, bad, bad end of the year. Could with DJ anything could explain, you know, sideways play. Uh, Kepka and Phil commit to the Shriners in Vegas, which is, I don't know, gonna I, be a. I can't imagine that. Uh, I can't imagine that Kepka's gonna be playing hard in in Vegas. Do you think Jenna just wanted to go to Vegas? That could be. That sounds. They're gonna be like, oh, this is such a dad comment. Like Hakkasan. What are those clubs? I think Jenna th- convinced Brooks to go because it'd be good for her Instagram account. That's probably accurate. That's- Remember what that comment Brooks made? She likes to. Uh, she. Yeah. she did, we had yeah. to get the likes for the gram. Or for the gram. Yeah. For a gram. God, I got the hiccups here. I can't Man. even finish. Uh, I, other news. Siamese got you all in a tizzy. <laughs> Corn Ferry event in Maine. 
That's kind of cool. Awesome. I want to go. Yeah. Sign me up. We had somebody on the ground. Is it the week? Us. Is it the week of the U.S. Open? That seems like know. something uh, they would do. <laughs> that could be good. June, we do Wingfoot, the we Wingfoot do Wingfoot in Maine. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. Shotgun right. Start Roadshow. There you go. Just like we'll be in Liverpool by Saturday too. Um, all right, that's all I got for news. But we'll leave the rest for the Monday. And I got the hiccups. So first, first step of year two. First step of year two. Next week, we might do a little bit, I don't know, kind of a segment. Not a clip show, but just a little remembrance of stuff we had over the past year. That was fun. Listener, Man, those hiccups yeah. are making it sound like bad audio. <laughs> it's not bad audio. We finally, you're out of Iowa. Thank this God. This is why we're delayed. I mean, you were driving. And you're like, oh, I'm two hours from Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> I think, you know, I could stop at Cedar Rapids, but that's going to be two hours. You know, I had to be searching for Starbucks to, 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 in order to pull over and plug in. And I mean, we could barely talk on the phone while yeah. the cell service. So, all right. Hey, I, have a good weekend. Yeah. Thank, thanks, thanks for, we'll thanks. talk more about the one year anniversary next week. But yeah. Thank but thank you, you. Thank you to everybody that listens and, and uh, patronizes the pod with their uh, ears on a regular okay. basis. I apologize for, you know, many of the things we discuss. <laughs> no, we appreciate it. We'll, we'll go into it a little bit next week. Thanks you. Everybody have a good Friday. Enjoy the football and we will check in with you on Monday.